0: The sermon this morning is in continuing on the message of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. And it's in Matthew chapter 5. And this morning it is about making promises. Make promises carefully. And um, we'll read this. But one of the, you know, and again trying to pull all the information together on these, on different um, scriptures and so on. I came across this one explanation of these particular verses and it and it gives for me it gave me well this is that's pretty simple but yet straightforward as to why Jesus is why Jesus is addressing this subject about giving your word and not having to make some type of a vow well he is addressing a narrow misleading legalism that required a specific oath to make spoken words binding So what it infers, then, is if you were giving your word, but you didn't give this oath after it, it didn't matter. (laughs) So Jesus, then, is addressing this whole idea of having to bring an oath, um, a supply, supply, an oath as something extra onto what you say in order for you to be believed. And if you did not give that oath, you you didn't have to live up to the agreement. You know, if someone is dumb enough to accept your word without an oath, then it's their fault. Ever hear that? Uh, Well, I have. So anyhow, if uh, you're going to believe somebody's word without a contract, that's your fault. You, you, you know, so today we have to have signed contracts and everything else. Well, in Matthew chapter 5, verse uh, 33, so having that understanding of where Jesus is coming from, we can perhaps shed a little light on this, this whole text as we read through it. So that, you, it, you know, there is this legalism that the Pharisees and the Sadducees had come up with. That if you didn't have this oath after your statement, you weren't accountable for it. You didn't have to follow through. So, verse 33. You have heard that it was said to our people long ago, don't break your promises, your vows, but keep Fulfill the promises you make to the Lord. Now, we we have to understand that if we make a, a vow to God, you know, um, often we make vows to God in crises, you know, sometimes soldiers in foxholes, you know. When the bombs are going off, God, you get me out of here, I'll go to church for the rest of my life, you know. And of course, they get out of there and never darken it church door and but people make those vows if you get me out of this you get me out of that thinking that if you create some kind of vow that this will this will bring God to the rescue at that moment and everything will be fine because you made a vow well if you make a vow to God you better keep it (laughs) so verse 34 but I tell you do not swear an oath at all Don't swear an oath using the name of heaven because heaven is God's throne. So we have to recognize what belongs to God, what belongs to us. And in reality, nothing belongs to us. Even later on when it talks about, you know, don't swear by your head because your head isn't yours. (laughs) It belongs to God. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are God's. So whenever you are making a statement... Basically he's saying you don't have to have an oath with it verse 35 Don't swear an oath using the name of the earth because the earth belongs to God <clears throat> Don't swear an earth using the name don't swear an oath using the name of Jerusalem because it is the city of the great king You see All right go on verse 36 Don't even swear by your head Because you cannot make one hair on your head become white or black. I guess he didn't know of dye. But (laughs) gray and black, you know, but it is white or black. So anyhow, um, so there are many things that we don't understand, okay? And we are, you know, trying trying to get somebody to believe what we have to say. If what we have to say doesn't carry any authority or any weight to it, then that's our fault. (laughs) That's something we have done because we'll see as we go through this that when you don't fulfill your word, you are causing people not to trust you. I'm going to, I'll be there at 9 o'clock on Monday morning. I forgot. Oh, jeez, I forgot. (laughs) Well, you know, things happen and, you know, that type of thing. But... I remember one guy who was doing a seminar, and he was saying that um, if you give your word that you are going to show up somewhere, nothing should prevent you from not being there. And he said, if your life depends on you fulfilling your word and you need to be somewhere tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., you would start out today and get there tonight sometime and camp out because you knew that there was no way you could miss that appointment. So you, and you would do everything to pr- make sure that you were at that place at that time because your very life depended upon it. So in our, in our keeping of a promise, in our keeping of... Um, things that we say we're going to do or not do, that we need to do so with the, with the understanding that if we say it, the title of my message is, Your Word is Your Word. <laughs> your Word is Your Word. You don't have to make an oath. It either, it either stands for what it is or it doesn't stand for anything at all. <laughs> you know, it's just one way or the other. And it isn't somebody else's fault that our word means nothing or means something. We are the, we've set it up by how we respond. So if we have, in this case, he was telling them, if, if you have to say an oath after what you have uh, stated, it means it's worthless. So um, say, verse 37, say only yes if you mean yes and no if you mean no. If you say more than yes or no, it is from the evil one. Now, I thought, wait, it comes from the evil one. You see, if the oath needed to be added because of corruption, the oath needed to be added because of the corruption of man's nature. That's why if you have to say more, it's because of a corrupt nature and it's from the evil one. It's like if you can't own up to your own words and you have to continue to put these, you know, it's like... Um, uh, if, you, if you're hiring a person who is, um, or let's say, someone who is in jail for robbery, okay? And so they got, you know, they were sentenced and they got out and they were in jail for robbery and they get, you know, they paid their term and they get out. And, they, and you're the first person that <laughs> they come to and say, you know, I want you to believe me and I'll pay you back. <laughs> you give me so much money and I'll pay you back. I give you my word on it. And, I'll, and it's like, okay, I'm glad you have your word, but I want you to sign a contract. <laughs> you have to sign over everything to, you know, that is black and white, so that if you don't do this, I'm taking you to court. And that's a good thing. You can still give them or lend them the, the money that is needed, but they need to be accountable for their actions so that we don't provide an opportunity for them to sin further, and uh, um, I was—I uh, did that with with uh, our roofing. <laughs> it was oh well, giving somebody a benefit of the doubt, and um, it didn't work out very well. <laughs> so, but you wanted to give them—I didn't, you know—and you had the contract, you had all these things, you had. And it's still lost out on it. So, um, but you need to take precautions. It's like when someone comes to you and they need, they need money for groceries. Well, we don't give them money. We go to the grocery store and we give them a buy a certificate. You take this to the, the grocery store and you can get food. Oh, no, I don't want that. <laughs> or the one guy the people come and they want gasoline. You know, I've got to have gasoline to get to Pittsburgh because my child is having surgery and I have to have this. I need money to get there, food and whatever. It's okay, I'll take you up on the hill and we'll fill up your gas tank. Oh, no, no, I don't need to get a full gas tank. I need money. <laughs> I remember one lady called me and uh, they, they needed formula for their baby. Okay? And I thought, okay. Okay, what do you need? Well, I, I, she went through this whole thing. I guess you can buy formula for babies in big containers and in cases. So she wanted me to go someplace and buy her a case, a formula. And I thought, okay, um, well, when do you normally get this? Well, I can get it whenever my check comes at the first of the month. And I said, well, this is like three days from the end of the month. And the first of the month, why do you need a case? She says, well, I, I, I need it. It's like, what? and then I said, do you sell it? She says, well, sometimes. <laughs> so, okay. And finally, um, I bought her enough to get her through to the first of the month. And then, of course, I had to deliver it to her home. And the place where they wanted me to go was not a safe place. And I said, I won't going there. I'll meet you at a certain, certain place at Sheets. <laughs> and, and I met them there and bought her the formula but you see people you have to people have to be accountable now they could swear on their mother's grave that they're not going to do this and this is what I need and whatever uh, No, I can't do that well we find that uh, the oath needed to be addressed because of the corruption of man's nature from from vanity of man's ways this deceitful characters and whether or not even even people who call themselves Christians we need accountability. So no, uh, swearing oaths and, you know, all these types of things, that can be fine, but accountability isn't better. Revelation 21.8 says, But the coward, the fatherless, or excuse me, the faithless, the detestable, the, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars have their place in hell. <laughs> so God doesn't place emphasis on the oath that people who are making oaths in order to get something or to prove that this is the right thing and we got to do this, this, no. The bottom line is we need to say what we mean and mean what we say. That it is in that type of connotation that we will do everything in our power to make sure that this is taken care of, even to the intent of what you mean it to be. Not necessarily the intent of what other people have taken it to be, which generally sometimes... The people who are the most outrageous with their demands upon your intention, you can't trust them to do anything. (laughs) You know, I thought you meant you were going to do... I thought you were going to show up and do all of this. I thought you were... No, it's not what I said. No. So, anyhow. So, what does a promise mean? Well, there are promises which are contracts. There's the promises which are our word. And there are promises that are covenants. Now, a contract is an equal agreement between two individuals. You enter into a contract with someone that you are paying them so much money and they are going to do certain things. You are, they are saying they're not going to do something and you are holding them to it. No, it's kind of a contract. A covenant, it is an agreement from God to his people. God has established a covenant between us. You know, there are covenants that are solely, if my people who are called by my name, see, this is a a conditional covenant, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will hear their prayers and heal their land. See? If my people pray. Now, Another promise, covenant, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that presents a, as it were, almost a, a non, it's a, it's a covenant that says God will do if, you know, that's a conditional, I guess, because it says if I will apply God's principles to my life and go and do these things. Okay? So there are conditional, and um, if you confess your sins... He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. See, it's a covenant with a condition. God has established it. It is correct. It will happen. This will happen if you do this. All right. The New Testament is a covenant, the new covenant, and the old covenant. Um what else? Oh, I like. I was thinking of the in the courtroom. You know, put your hand on the Bible. Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God? You know, well, some people say they can put their hand on a stack of Bibles and it will mean nothing (laughs) because they are trying to hold them to a higher authority, a higher covenant, a higher agreement. I don't know if they do that anymore or not. You know, some probably would be considered infringing on somebody's spiritual they don't believe in the Bible so but anyhow the definition of a promise it's a declaration that one will do or not do something um, it is a legally binding declaration that gives the person to whom it is made a right to expect or claim the performance of a specific of a specific act so you sign the agreement that's a covenant that's agreement that's a contract So a promise, then, is to tell someone that you will definitely do something in the future. I promise you I will be in church. (laughs) Well, yes. Why is it important to say what you mean and mean what you say? Why is it important? Well, if we say what we mean, mean what we say, it sets up and it establishes an expectation. Okay? If we don't keep our expectations, okay? If you don't have your expectations in place, all right? Pastor's going to have a sermon every Sunday morning at, you know, the the designated time, and he will only preach for 30 minutes. Okay, so... (laughs) (laughs) That's not a contract. Sometimes, well, it's almost always over. But anyhow, there is an expectation. Now, you know, I don't, I've never come up and said, well, you know, I don't feel much like preaching today. I thought maybe we'd just sing a few songs and go home, (laughs) right? Right? Let me, some of you say yes, Amen, preacher. <laughs> we have a we have a vacation from our pastor <laughs> a retreat, a retreat from your pastor. All right. but you see, you we establish an expectation. Whenever we break that expectation, we are degrading, defaming, letting down people who have the expectation whether it's spoken or unspoken, if you don't keep your word, the people who have the expectation are being hurt. Um, Your word, say what you mean, mean what you say, gives direction. It brings stability. He who stands for nothing will fall for anything. (laughs) So you see, if we don't have something that we will stand for, if we don't have a foundation, what happens is everything collapses, just like the the man who builds his house upon the rock, you know, and the man who builds his house upon the sand, same storm comes. The one built without foundation on the sand crumbles and falls. The foundation of our life is the truth of the word of God and the truth of Jesus Christ in our life. You see... If we want to have faith, how much faith do people have in you? Basically, that is established by how we've kept our word. Now, some people, well, they just don't like us, and they won't believe a word we say. Okay, that's their privilege. Everybody has an opinion, and they have a right to be wrong, just as anybody else. <laughs> but we, we establish who we are by keeping what we are expected to do. And keeping that expectation establishes who we are as a person. Now, everything that we are doesn't rise or fall on the keeping of our one one word or one commandment or one agreement. But we have to to be careful. Don't agree to something you don't agree with. You know? You don't agree with something that... um, is breaks God's law or is immoral or wrong. That, well, all you have to do is tell them this. Well, that's not true. Well, then I'm not telling them. Well, it's true from where I sit, but not true from where I sit. So I'm not saying it. So so it's important that we say what we mean and mean what we say. Uh, There is pledging, promising, swearing, guaranteeing, giving your word, is affirming the pledge based on your character. I give you my word is a pledge based on our character. So when Jesus is telling us here about don't swear by the earth and, you know, the sky, he's telling us that your oath, remember, addressing a narrow, misleading legalism that required a specific oath. You know, I don't really, I had my fingers crossed and I don't have to keep that. (laughs) You know, kids would... You know, that? have my fingers crossed. That means what I said is non-binding. Well, that's, no, that's not how it works. Um, so if we're making something binding, we need to, if we speak it, then we need, then it's binding. And if we make promises, then we do, we need to do everything we can, we can to make sure that we fulfill to the best of our abilities those promises or that we get somebody else to fulfill them. So, so to say that you have my word connotes a promise or a vow. A promise is a commitment by someone to do or not to do. To give one's word is an assuring that you will or will not do something. So your word is more than just saying you will accomplish it. It is an assurance that is given. Okay? Okay. An assurance that is given, and whenever we break that assurance, those—that's the hardest thing. I remember um, uh, Dr. Schuler, uh, you know, Hour of Power. I remember him talking about—he had a glass, and whenever he he held it was his illustration. He says that when you let go of this glass and it shatters on the floor, that's like breaking your word. Because it's very, very hard to put it back together again. <laughs> so whenever you are looking at keeping who you are as a person, we've got to see it not as a, a, a flippant promise, a flippant expectation. It is, it, is a, it is a recognition of our character. Now, <laughs> I was thinking, well, why is this so important? Why is it so important for us and for the people and for the, 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 you know, this is the first sermon, the first declaration, the first foundational principles that Jesus is giving to his followers on this Sermon on the Mount, and one of them is your word. What is it that we have from God? We have his word. Do we believe it? You see, if we, if we as followers of Jesus Christ can't honor our word, how are we going to transfer that to believing in Jesus that he will honor his word to us? You see, whenever we love others, Jesus says, love as I have loved you. Okay? So we are reflective of his love. Forgive as I have forgiven you. Okay? See? I'm forgiven, I forgive others. Keep your word as I have kept my word for you. It's the same principle. So it it helps us. We are aided in our belief of Jesus and his word when we are recognizing the authority that goes along with what we say. You see, words are creative. Creative. God spoke the world into existence. We speak our world into existence. We create the atmosphere that we live in. Amen. Okay, so <laughs> we're, we're creating this place that, and, and we want to create a positive place. So, so keeping one's word is to keep each expression of the word given and to do what, we, what has been promised. Now, words are building blocks. If you can't believe one thing, can we believe the second thing? If we can't believe the second thing, can we believe the first and the third thing? See? There are these blocks that we have to, they are building blocks of your existence and they are reflecting of the integrity of the person who created them. So when we are talking about God and talking about his love and his forgiveness and what we're going to do and not do and all these things, we have to establish what, what is right, what is right before God. What, do you, what are the commands? The, the, what was the third commandment? Um, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. It is placing God's word on something, in something, for something that is not his. <laughs> Meaning, we use the name of God in a way that we hear people swearing and taking, making oaths. You see, whenever we, if we would ever say that God should um, damn a person to hell, God is that we are saying that this person will be put in hell, and that is our oath that says they are going to die and their soul is eternally lost. You see, when we say it, that is a very real personal application of a divine principle to a person's life. (laughs) God says we don't have the right to do that. But you say when God, we would ask God to bless someone, we are invoking the blessing of God upon a a person's life. That is a very positive, affirming declaration, not one of destruction and despair. We'd like for people to go someplace that, you know, they can never get back from, and it burns with fire and brimstone. (laughs) And we would, some people, we would, you know, just like for them to go there rather sooner than later (laughs) because we don't like how they do things and things that they've said. But we won't go there. That's not our word. (laughs) That's not God's word. We'll let God take care of them. So God's word, or the word, reflects the reliability of the creator. So the word reflects the reliability of the creator. God says, my word will go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall purpose in the thing whereunto I sent it. That's Isaiah 55, 11. My word, God says, will go out of my mouth and it will accomplish exactly what I said it would. Hmm. So whenever we're talking, there are no idle conversations. There are words that we create. Create the setting and the expectation which is in our life and what we are going for. So to make a promise is a promise, is a commitment by someone to do or not do. Giving one's word is necessary because these words promise us, promise these words, slash promise, allow us to feel secure. Whether we like it or not, our words create security for those around us. Some people don't like to feel secure because that means there are boundaries. But if you don't have any boundaries, you lose purpose. And purpose is why we're here. And you see, God, if we need to avoid situations or people that do not make us feel secure. People who have broken our, their promises. <laughs> have, you been, have you ever sat next to somebody who broke their promise to you? Or they walked by you? And what is your feeling? I believed them and they, you know, still comes up. They just doesn't fit right, don't set right. It doesn't feel right to be around them. Well, the se- if that same person breaks the promise, they break the bond of trust in that relationship. So why keep promises? Well, promises are good for you. They are good for us. When we don't keep a promise to someone, it communicates that that person, that to that person, that we don't value them. Because I was going to come, but I couldn't make it. Well, that happens. I mean, you know, things happen. But when we break promises continuously and continually, we have chosen to put something else ahead of our commitment to that person. So even when we break the smallest promises, others learn that they can't really count on us. And I was just going to read a couple of scriptures that says, uh, the officer answered, this is Matthew 8.8, I am not worthy for you uh, to come into my house. You only need to command the word and my servant will be healed. John 5.24 I tell you the truth, whoever hears what I say and believes in the one who sent me has eternal life. That person will not be judged guilty, but has already left death and entered life. There is a judge for those who refuse to believe in me and do not accept my words. The word I have taught will be their judge on the last day. You see how Jesus has established the priority of his word? And you see, if we, hold, we are to hold Jesus to his word, but Jesus wants us to be reflective of that same character. Um, John 1:14, yeah. And the word Jesus Christ, and the word Christ became fleshed and tabernacled um, and lived among us, and we saw his glory, such glory as the only begotten Son receives from his Father, full of grace, full of favor and truth. <laughs> so, finally, Psalm nineteen fourteen, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. God, let what I think in my heart and what I say with my mouth be acceptable to you. And if that, if what we say is acceptable to God, we're on safe ground. It doesn't mean people won't be disappointed. It doesn't mean we have to say yes to everything. It means that God has a purpose and a plan, and sometimes our no is exactly what God needs to speak. And sometimes our yes is exactly what God needs to speak. So we then are looking at (laughs) the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart. We want to say what pleases God not what pleases everybody. (laughs) Because he who pleases everyone fails at pleasing God, pleasing themselves. So, make God happy. (laughs) Allow God's word to be that strength in our life, and then, see, as we understand God's word and the authority of God's spoken word, we understand the authority of our word to create who we are And to create the strength and the character of our life. So we speak the truth. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. And if you make a mistake, admit to it. (laughs) And go on. Because not everyone is perfect. Only God. Amen? There in close... Let's all stand. And I want this last thought... There is not an oath that can make your word more binding than you simply saying and stating your word. (laughs) When you keep your word, your word is binding. You have my word on it. Let's handshake on it. Those were considered binding contracts. But in today's society, you know, if it's not written down and signed by an attorney and you know, witnessed by three, three people and, you know, stamped by a somebody. What's the lady? Man. Notary, you know. You know, even then it's not binding. You know, it's just one of those things. So, there's not an oath that cannot be made more binding for a Christian than just the giving of their word. And if you can't keep it, you can't keep it. But you state what it is. But you, you, you be very... Be very cautious in giving your word. How about, that good? like that? That's what it means. That's what this text means. And I never knew that one little part at the front that I, that I uh, read. I'm learning so much as I preach, you know? Jesus is here addressing a narrow, misleading legalism that required a specific oath to make the spoken word binding. If they didn't say the oath, they didn't, have to, they didn't have to do what they told people they would do. And um, it was inferring that the only time we needed to tell the truth is when we had the oath. That's what Jesus is addressing here. Lord, we thank you for your word that is a light unto our path. You guide our hearts, our minds. You guide our thoughts, our pledges. You guide our interactions with others. You guide our interaction with you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that inspires your word and, and, and gives us the strength to do your word and to live your word in everything we say and do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.